Welcome Chelsea fans to your home for all the talk and news about the champions of England. I'm Brian and joining me will be my co-host Andres. Get ready, this is the Star Spangled Blues Podcast. What's going on, Chelsea fans? Welcome back to the Star Spangled Blues podcast. Yes, we are back for another week. Big match today against Everton in the Carabao Cup and uh, big weekend uh, matchup against Watford last weekend. We're going to get into all that. Uh, joining me, as always, is going to be Andres. Andres, how are you feeling? Man, I am extremely happy right now. As some of you guys know, we are Texas uh, natives, residents, and the Astros just Let's won go Stros. game two of the World Series. It's weird to be both a football fan and a baseball fan, but you know, being born in Venezuela, that's a national sport. Got to support the boys in orange and blue. And they pulled it out multiple times to regain a lead, and they finally got the win and tied series, bringing it back to Houston. But that's I all mean, I'll say about baseball I mean, tonight. that's that's an instant classic World Series game, and for that to be Houston's first uh, World Series win is pretty big. But enough about that. That's We're for a different podcast. Football. <laughs> We're here to talk some Chelsea football right now, and uh, let's kick it off with uh, last weekend at Watford. You know, um, Watford comes to the bridge. In my mind, one of the biggest games of the season up to this point because you had the two losses. Um you know, right or right before that, you had Palace, and, and and then which was just a devastating loss. I mean, nobody really sees that coming except for Chelsea fans. You know, Palace always plays us tough. Um, and then a lot of people thought the Roma game, including you and I, I know we talked about it last week on the podcast. We thought the Roma game was going to be kind of that stepping stone. Um, you know, you go up two zero early on, and, and and then you come back and draw that game, and it was it was you know they looked a little defeated uh, towards the end of that match and. Um, you know, we all, we all kind of thought, you know, what's going on with the club? What's going on with the club? And then, you know, you come out against Watford, you go a goal up, and then they come back 2-1, and then you end up winning that, that, that match. So, um, you know, that was big in my mind. That Watford match was huge. I think it could be a pivotal point in the season thus far. Yeah, no, I think that you said it best. We had lost two games, the previous two Premier League games, and... You know, while Roma, you know, going back and watching it again, less of a hot take. Roma had a great game against Chelsea, but after going up 2-0, you you shouldn't be letting that team back and even taking a 3-2 lead. I understand Champions League is tough, but you're the home team. So I think the tie after a 2-0 lead is probably also, like you said, the guys kind of, you know, nothing seems to be going right with Chelsea. And then Watford comes along, and Watford is, at this point, fourth place while Chelsea's fifth so you know they're no underdogs even if it is at the bridge at this point they they beat Arsenal the week before two to one and they're getting points again they were fourth place before playing Chelsea so definitely a must win in my mind and it looked like the boys agreed you know it was a pretty hard fought game and hard earned three points 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely one of those that you look back on later in the season and thought, wow, that was, you know, that's that's one of those games where you thought could have gone either way. It could have destroyed the season. You know, you go, you know, fifth in the table at that time, possibly drop drop um, further down, and then you're looking, you know, from the down looking up, and, and it's just one of those things where now you kind of get rolling again. You have the Carabao Cup against Everton today, which, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It wasn't the first team guys out there, but, you know, you kind of get the ball rolling down in the sense that uh, maybe maybe you might get something going here. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I still think, I think these two, you know, beating Watford was huge. I still think that game could have easily been a Watford victory. Um, Ricarlison in any other day does not miss those two opportunities inside the six yard box at the that could have honestly put the game 3-1 4-1 in Watford's advantage so um I think just getting the result is the first step and I think from there the the team the squad will build you know more confidence and maybe a little bit more stability uh with their performances yeah, and, and I mean, especially looking at the Premier League right now, um, you know, Chelsea is currently uh, sitting fourth in the table um, at 16 points, you know, sitting nine behind Man City. So they're definitely the team to beat right now, especially with Man United dropping uh, off a little bit in the recent weeks. But, you know, going ahead, you've got Bournemouth away, um, and then you got really two huge matches um, that next week, uh, Roma, the Champions League, and then United um, at the bridge. So really a couple big matches coming up. Bournemouth, I guess, you know, you never want to look past a team. Um, I guess Crystal Palace is kind of evidence of that. Um, but but some big games coming up for the Blues. And, and, and to get a win like that against, against a Watford team that's hot right now was big. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and making it also a come-from-behind win, I think, also just kind of rallies the troops, you know, um, a little bit of preface to this game you know everyone's coming in you know hamstring injury fc was the kind of joke on twitter all week and and morata's coming in with an injury bakayoko's not playing 100 percent. david luis was not playing 100 percent. but you know the guys showed fight and uh you know to to claw it back and then you know i think within the last 10 minutes was the comeback with uh bashuai scoring a great header uh, Aspiliqueta getting a back back post run header as well, and then uh, to seal it off, Mishi gets himself a brace, uh, kind of being kind of a heads up play, sneaking behind the defender and, and keeping him at bay to, to like kind of fighting him off to just put it past the keeper. But yeah, by no means was this uh, the scoreline was four to two, but it was more of a three two with a little consolation goal at the end. And like I said earlier, Watford could have made it. 4-4 so tough game but these are the kind of games that build character and 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 just kind of get the engine going I think uh, going into this weekend with Bournemouth uh, it's going to be a, another test you know this is a away game uh, and yeah the guys need to kind of keep keep the momentum going if we're even going to make this a title kind of contention because like you said City is very far ahead right now and they don't look like they're slowing down yeah, I, I mean, when you when you really, I mean, you kind of touched on it, and and that Watford game is big for one of the big reasons. It's is, is because, like you said, it was a come from behind win. I mean, Pedro gets the goal in the twelfth minute, which was an absolute, absolute beautiful screamer. goal. Yeah, and 
and and I mean it comes back and forth, back and forth the rest of the first half, and 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 Watford equalizes right before halftime, um, which can always be demoralizing heading into the locker room. You know you've held the lead the entire first half, and then you give it up right there at the end before the whistle blows, um, and then they get a goal coming right out of the half. So now all of a sudden where you were up the entire first half, now within the span of about ten minutes you're down two uh, uh, one. Um, so to come back from something like that, I, I think is is huge, and it's going to be big uh, going forward, um, especially in games you know you play away, like in the Champions League, and, and you know I, I mean we saw it against Atletico Madrid too. The team has a lot of fight. Um, I think this is a lot different from that team a couple years ago that kind of just dropped off. Because, uh, you know, these guys get down and, and they still show some fight coming back. And that's what we didn't see a couple years ago after the title uh, in the title defense. Yeah, I think this was kind of the first game that Conte kind of got the subs right in a while. But I want to go back to that second goal because I think that that seems to be kind of that goal kind of highlights what's wrong with our defense right now. And um, we, we lose the ball stupidly in the midfield, which leads to a Watford counter. And, you know, I'm not blaming Cahill for the goal. He did the right thing. He came out of position to kind of follow the through ball and and get in front of him. I can't remember who it was that made that initial pass, but I think it might have been Ricarlison again. So he makes this run all the way from left center back across the field to right center back, gets in the pressure, but then... Other people just kind of got caught ball watching. I think it was specifically Bakayoko didn't track with Pereira's run. And so Ricarlison cuts it back, passes it, a target pass to Dini, who has both Luis and at this point, I guess, Rudiger on him. And Dini just lets it by to a wide open Pereira, who had Bakayoko done his part could have been def- like covered and defended. So it's these weird little lapses in in defense that are just showing the opposition a clear chance. And, and Chelsea needs to figure it all out. Again, this isn't Cahill's fault for leaving. He had to leave to make a play. But then the communication to, to keep or looking over your shoulder, I don't know what it is, but you know we're leaving these big gaps on defense. And even if it's just a one-time thing, they're costing you know, Chelsea goals against and Courtois is a great keeper, but if they're going to be taking a free shot from eight yards away, like it's going to be a goal. So I'm, I'm still a little worried about what's going to happen on the defense. I think, you know, eventually they'll figure it out, but it's, it's silly things like that. And I don't know if it's missing Conte and Conte, you know, it's just obviously he wins the ball back in possession and, you know, an underrated part of his game is that he doesn't really lose the ball often. But I I don't know what, what it is about, you know, the midfield losing it and then just putting us in a position of danger right away. And, and I feel like that's kind of been the story for the goals that have been going into, into Chelsea's net recently. Yeah, and I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Conte being out is definitely uh, causing the defense some lapses in judgment right now. And, and they are falling asleep a little bit because they don't have that that leader on the field that leads by example. Um, Conte's a guy that, you know, he just ignites a fire under everybody because he's just plays with such heart. Um, and I think these are kind of growing pains that you go through anytime you make a bunch of new additions to guys that, you know, come straight into the starting 11. Um, I think, like you said, I think they're going to figure it out. 
but only time's going to tell. And, and I think these next couple weeks are big, especially with those Roma away uh, and, and United at the bridge matchups. Yeah, and, and by then we're all crossing our fingers then that Conte will be back and healthy. But uh, I kind of want to get your opinion on that kind of second half of the Watford game. And, uh, you know, Murata comes off at the 56th minute. Chelsea's down 2-1. to one. What kind of was going through your head at that point? Well, really, uh, you know, the whole thing for me is is I, I didn't really... I wasn't too keen on, on how Cesc Fabregas was looking. Um, I think that was a big thing for me. And especially lately, he hasn't just been himself. Um, obviously, he can, you know make an impact in a difference or he can make a difference you know at any point with one pass um but but Cesc Fabregas was lacking um you know and Morata was obviously not fit so that's where I think you hit the nail on the head again with the sub I think Michi coming on was huge um he you know Morata just looked gas he just come back from an injury um I think Michi coming on was big and I think that reignited the flame um, in the guys because, you know, obviously he gets that, that second goal to tie it. Um, and then from, you know, a few minutes later, Aspilicueta scores. And then, like you said, Michi gets the tap in later. Uh, but but I think that that was big for Michi. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, he needs some confidence in bigger games right now. Um, some of the games he'd been coming on in were, you know, weren't really, you know, the top tier games that we, we, we come to expect from a guy that, that that shows promise like that but you know he had faltered early in the season I think he's back now he scored some great goals lately um, but in, in my mind I think it was a big half for Michi Bachwai coming coming back uh, and coming off the bench yeah I think so my thought uh, I'll give you a little bit of <laughs> a little invite into what I was thinking I just thought oh crap uh, I don't think I, Michi has been uninspiring to me. Yes, he scores goals, and he's got some. The craziest statistic came up this week where he's got like the best striking per striking slash goal to minute ratio in the Premier League, even better than Harry Kane. And I think this weekend kind of officially defines what Michi Bashiwai's role in this team is, and he is a super sub. The guy makes an impact when he's given 25 to 30 minutes of play. Simple as that. He's a totally different player when he starts. And I'll talk about it a little more because I think it plays on to this Everton game for today. But it's something about Mishi coming off the bench. And and he may not agree, but he is a wonderful super sub. He comes in with high energy. He's, He's three steps ahead of everyone when he comes on. And... Yes, he's a quick guy to nonetheless, but even more so when other people have tired legs. And and that was a perfect sub. I think Zappa Costa coming on was huge again. I think he had a great game. And uh, I think it was even William that came on at the very end. Even he was, you know, he was all right. <laughs> but um, the, the subs were right. Uh, you know, Conte was asked... We both agreed that the end of that game looked more like a 4-4-2, but Conte was asked if there was a formation change, and he just said, nope, it was still 3-4-3 to each his own. We think it was a 4-4-2. We think it worked out in that situation. But, uh, yeah, the Mishi was obviously kind of like the big highlight in that game. But I also wanted to ask you, you know, Pedro versus Willian. Is that debate done? Look, I, we sent out a tweet earlier this week, and uh, 
it is a hundred percent done. I forget the statistics, but but Pedro's been involved in more goals this season. Uh, I know you were the one that 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 mentioned that, but he's been involved in more goals this season than I think any other Chelsea player. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that debate is a hundred percent over. Uh, Pedro needs to be starting, especially in the big games. Um, I think he's just more inspiring on the wing out there. Um, he's got better link-up play, and and he, you know. I hate to say it, but every time Willian takes a shot, it's in the second deck at Stamford Bridge. It is nowhere near the goal. And Pedro's shown his ability to not only be able to play link up, he's been shown the ability to take shots from distance and be accurate on target and score goals. Um, I think he is, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of Willian right now, and I don't think it's a debate at all. Yeah, so so the statistic you're talking about that's uh, for the calendar year 2017. No no player has been involved in more Chelsea goals than Pedro, and he has 12 goals to his name along with nine assists. Uh, wow. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I mean I have no idea. You know, I I don't even know how many goals William has at this point for the calendar year. And you know, you try to think, well, William's more of a creator. Well. Obviously, he's not assisting as much as Pedro is, so I, I don't. I want to throw away that that little kind of attribute as well. So I agree with you. I think Pedro is definitely the move going forward. I think William looked good coming off the bench too. Uh, if that's something, you know, if we can get that kind of performance out of him, and you know, Pedro plays sixty minutes, you know, and then William comes in the final thirty again when people are tired, and he can go do his kind of little bursts of speed and dribble past people, then let's do it. It it worked against Watford. And, you know, if it ain't, I mean, if it's kind of working, let's kind of keep this going. There's no need to to start William when we know that he's all in his head or or something's off in his game. And same thing with Mishi. Like, if both of these guys are just absolutely killing it coming off the bench, why not keep that going? It's not like we have the deepest squad, but if we can kind of distribute the minutes in that way – where it helps the team get results, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree in the sense that I think the subs need to be made in the right spot. Um, I think there was a, a match not too long ago, and, and I can't remember exactly which one, where William came on for Hazard in, in like the 70th minute. And, and in my opinion, I just I don't see any reason, unless he's hurt, to take Eden Hazard off the pitch. Um, you know, I get that you're saving him maybe you know, for, I, I want to say it was the Roma match. Um, I, you know, don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm probably wrong, uh, as per usual, but you know, if Willian's coming on for Eden Hazard, I just, you know, I don't see it. I think he needs to come on in the right spot for the right guy, probably Pedro. Um, you know, I think the subs need to be made in the right spot. And, and that's kind of where Conte has been a little lacking lately. Um, with the exception of the Watford match. Uh, but you know, We'll see, but I think you're right. I think they need to come off the bench as opposed to starting. And uh, we can go ahead and confirm that you're definitely right. Uh, Hazard came off after scoring his brace in the 80th, and William came on during a 3-3 tie. Who knows why? Yeah, there you go. See, I mean, those are the kind of things that just it confuses me. I don't know why, especially with Hazard on a brace. Um, Yeah, he was definitely... I I couldn't tell you. It's... Hazard was feeling himself after that brace too. It's one of those things where, like, you know, your player, your best player is is having a good game. Big players play for big moments. Like, you you could have potentially taken away one of like the highlights of the season with a last minute fourth goal to beat Roma. But 
whatever. That game's in the past. Uh, turned on to Watford. We won it 4-2. to two. Again, Mishi just off the bench was fantastic. Uh, Zappa Costa, another solid start at right wing back. I think he was kind of one of my standouts as well, you know, aside from the obvious Mishi call out. And, you know, hashtag nothing but respect for my captain. Aspiliqueta gets himself another goal and the winner, so... Yep, and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna see where the Premier League takes us. Obviously, it's a long road ahead, especially with the way Man City's playing. Um, but let's talk about the Carabao Cup today. Uh, got Watford coming to the bridge, and uh, first thing that kind of stuck out to you when the team sheets came out is is Everton was pretty much playing their their starting eleven, um, and, and we threw out quite a bit of backups. One guy I loved to see out there today was uh, Ampadu. Um, I thought he was fantastic, played an entire 90 minutes today. Um, I personally think Rudiger needs to be starting um, in the back line every game. Um, and he got a great header goal today. Um, but I'm curious as to hear uh, your thoughts on the game. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of days ago, I was not too worried about this game. Uh, Ronald Koeman was playing, like, some of the least in- inspiring football I've seen out of Everton in a long time, you know. Uh, I, you know, with Lukaku and even before Lukaku, I always respected Everton to be probably the next best team outside of the top six, you know, the big six clubs. So um, upon his firing, I just thought, you know, Everton is going to get the new manager syndrome where, you know, these players come out and play like, you know, the best 11 in the world. So I knew that they've, I, I, my thought was that they were going to take this game pretty serious and they switched to a 4-3-3 which they had been running the 3-4-3, trying to mimic kind of the Chelsea style. Um, and I think it worked to Chelsea's benefit, specifically playing a back four, which, again, uh, Everton obviously looked a little more like themselves today, but playing in the back four kind of frees up Mishi in the middle. There's two guys instead of three guys he needs to deal with. And so um, we'll get into the game in a second. But, yeah, the, the starting 11 for for Everton was pretty much their usual, but in a 4-3-3 style. So I knew it was going to be a tough game, but like you said, I was pretty excited about Ethan Ampadu starting. The fact that Conte trusts a 17-year-old is amazing. Uh, Musonda and Kennedy, we knew they were going to start. Uh, he mentioned that at, at the Watford press conference, so good for them to get some minutes. And Danny Drinkwater finally makes his Chelsea debut. The calf injury is finally, well, not 100% healthy, but, you know, he played 60-something minutes. And uh, so, yeah, I thought it was nice to see some different faces on the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when you have guys like like Musanda and Kennedy and, and Ampadu playing, the guys that don't really get those minutes, um, you know, in the Premier League or anything like that, it's important to kind of make a difference and I don't really think anybody stood out today um with with those guys um you know it was some pretty uninspiring football the first half um and even the second half Everton was on the front foot uh the first half was I mean I I don't for lack of a better word boring I think with the exception of Rudiger's goal um wasn't a whole lot of chances either way uh for me the man of the match was Willy Caballero I think a lot of people will agree he made some fantastic saves. That's the reason that was a victory. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it it just wasn't the prettiest game of football I've ever seen. 
um you know and and i guess i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah no i think i think you're right you know willie caballero had some fantastic play he was put into some really hard situations where the ball was passed back to him and under immense pressure he had like some weird karate kick clearances he had some great reaction saves i mean uh, let me see if i can think i i don't I I know how many freaking saves he had but it was just insane the guy just he, had himself the game of his life and like i think you were telling our group text you said you know courtois would have probably would have let one of those earlier chances in and you know maybe he would have because he's not as aggressive coming out of his of his line so uh big up to willie for for stepping up in, in the in the game today um Again, there was a late goal coming in after we were already up 2-0. And again, leaky defense. Something's got to give. But And he didn't deserve that one either. He deserved that clean sheet. The defense completely switched off after yeah, we went they, up 2-0. Everton got a kickoff, and it was like straight through. They just went straight to the goal. I, I, I have no idea what happened there. But uh, like you said, I think the game was kind of just okay. Uh, you know, getting a result in a cup in an elimination tournament style is still good. You know, we're on to the quarterfinals. I mean, we moved on to the quarterfinals. Teams like Tottenham lost today, so they lost to West Ham three to two. So obviously, you know, the win a win is a win. Uh, a few of the positives for today, I think, again, Zappa Costa had a good game. Uh, Rudiger, you know, I think so. Muzanda gets the assist, but I, I give all the credit to Rudiger on that header. He was jumping backwards to completely chip Pickford and put that upper ninety. That was just impressive that was a great header and that's you know all the credit should go to him on that and you know lo and behold uh william scores a beautiful goal i don't think we've said that or even thought of that possibility in a while him and fabregas played a short corner one two one two and then boom out of like almost a kind of a crazy angle congested box william puts it curls it back post so uh great little flash of brilliance there between the Sesk and William but yeah like you said at 2-1 game but it was just kind of felt like meh which uh, Masanda had an all right game uh if he's uh, he's been you know he wants to get more minutes and we all want him to get more minutes but he needs to kind of take more advantage of the situation like I said he did get the assist but I think that assist is more of Rudiger making the best out of kind of like a tricky situation and then the other guy that, you know, back and forth, everyone's about about getting minutes is Mishi. And, and like I was trying to point out earlier, he had a blah game too. He had one chance where he was sprinting to get to a ball and, and he kind of got pushed into the post. And I think that was his closest chance all game. So I think Mishi's role at this point is just that of super sub. If if at the 60-ish minute mark, Morata's just not cutting it you have Mishi on the bench and you know he's going to be energetic you know he's going to be chasing after every ball and you know he's going to be aggressive on that back line so moving forward I just think you know Mishi will start the Carabao Cup matches and you know any sort of other small sided game but yeah you know against these big boys I don't see Mishi starting unless Conte goes with a Morata Mishi two forward front so that's just my opinion on what his future is going to look like. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see um, kind of what happens going forward. Um, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think Michi as a sub is definitely the place for him. 
Um, you know, you found the striker in Alvaro Morata. That's a guy you went out and got this summer, and he's come up fantastic. He's played a huge role in the team's success thus far. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where Michi finds a, a niche in all of uh, in all the lineups and, and, and kind of what happens. But, you know, kind of looking forward, you know, you have the Premier League match away at Bournemouth this year, currently, or this weekend, who's currently sitting in, in 19th in the table. Um, you know, we thought we would, you know, could look past a game like that, but evidently by Crystal Palace, we're not able to do that. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, I, I think looking forward to next week, uh, Roma away uh, on Tuesday is huge. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, winning that game would pretty much seal Chelsea's uh, kind of clinching that next round in the Champions League which would again then give these kind of young players another chance to prove themselves. If, if you clinch that group early on, then you get two quote-unquote free games sort of thing. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to touch on is that the, the Evening Standard came out with an article recently that says that Musonda won't be going on loan in January. You know, earlier, like two weeks ago, he had that post where he was frustrated then next thing you know, he's back to being all happy and proud to wear the blue jersey. And now we know that Conte wants to keep him moving forward. And uh, another person that has kind of been going under the radar is uh, uh, Baba Raman. Uh, I saw an article saying that Conte is hopeful that he'll be back in December and that he has a play uh, a role to play on the team. So Kennedy has been playing left wing back. Uh, that's pretty much Baba Raman's real natural position so I'm kind of hoping that he'll get a chance there and and maybe Kennedy can go back to that right wing spot that he was you know kind of born for you know when we signed Kennedy he was supposed to be kind of that Hulk right wing strong fast skillful player that has a great left foot and I'd actually love to see him get a shot at that again I think you know he's got a great shot in him he obviously can be players one-on-one and and his defense is not something to go home and brag about. So, uh, yeah, long term, it looks like without the transfer of January, which we know Chelsea will be busy in again, uh, a few things coming in and, and kind of helping out the squad, a few players getting healthy, and uh, a few other faces kind of like Ampadu stepping up and, and you know, maybe earning some more minutes or spots on the bench. Yeah, and it's exciting, and, and we'll have to see going forward. But, you know, in the past, Chelsea doesn't have the reputation of, uh, you know, being a team that gives a lot of minutes to youth players and, and gives them chances. And, you know, in the past, we've seen guys with like the likes of Lukaku and De Bruyne and, you know, countless others, you know, come up through our academy and, and you know, leave to other teams and do incredibly well. Um, you know, so it's exciting to see Conte at least saying that players have a role on a team and, 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 and these youth guys are getting some minutes. So I think it's exciting to see going forward. And the fact that Musanda is not leaving, I think is a big up for Chelsea. Most definitely, most definitely. And, uh, you know, back to kind of this Bournemouth game, you know, again, Bournemouth, the thing about the premier league is yeah, Bournemouth's in 19th, but they have a decent squad and, you know, they have Nathan Ake, who's, you know, one of the players I would have loved to have kept at Chelsea, but, um, you know, Josh, Joshua King up front. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Eddie Howe did a good job with that team last season. But 
uh, Hazard loves to play Bournemouth, and that's the one thing that's kind of keeping me at bay right now, that Hazard had a, a complete break from the Carabao Cup and that he's going to have fresh legs. And hopefully, I think this is going to be actually his first game fully fit. So I'm excited to see Hazard just light them up like he you know and what he does, and and we can get another three points to you know keep pace with with the Manchester teams and Tottenham as well. Okay, now I have a a little question for you. Um, you know, I, obviously it's really early in the Premier League season, but um, you know, at, at what point if the league does start to slip away, do you see do you do you see Conte doing it all? I guess um, you know, kind of putting an emphasis more on on Champions League versus Premier League. Does he pull guys like Hazard on, you know, the weekend games to be fit fully fit for a midweek Champions League game? Um do you see that happening at any point if the league does start to get away from us? Um well, it depends whether that's if it is if it's getting away from us because Chelsea's not getting results, then, you know, I don't say you give up on the league because you still want to finish in the top 4. And it, I think you have a better chance of finishing the top, you know, getting back into the Champions League by finishing in the top four than putting all your eggs in the Champions League basket because, you know, you you won't have an easy matchup after the group stage through the final. So um, one and the other thing is, you know, one bad luck game in the Champions League at those kind of two leg playoffs and you're done. So I... I don't think he would kind of completely pull players, but, you know, he might choose to maybe, you know, maybe rest a few players or pull them out of a game early if Chelsea's kind of got a result. Instead of, you know, trying to score more goals, he might decide, you know, maybe I'll just go more defensive. Uh, yeah, you know, I think in 2012 when, when Di Matteo came and, and he won the Champions League to qualify for the year after I just think at that point the league was nowhere for Chelsea to get back into the top four, and, and it was a a little bit of luck to, to have actually won that Champions League. So I and and you saw with Manchester United last year they almost didn't qualify for the Champions League even by focusing on the Europa League. So I think you got to stick to the league. Maybe if the league starts slipping, that's where you give up on something like the Carabao Cup, but. I think the league still has a, a decent priority, even if you're not going to be lifting the Premier League trophy at the end of it. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't insinuating that you give up on the league. Obviously, that top four spot is is extremely important. But you know, I you know, just curious if you thought there was a point where there you know you put an emphasis on the Champions League versus the the, the Premier League. Um, you know, but it's all you know up to Antonio Conte. We have no say in the matter. Thank thank the Lord. So um, I think what can happen is just a busy January. You know, you get more players in to if you think if Conte can you know somehow convince the board that hey, you know if we're really gonna do this and we really want to battle on all fronts, give me a few more players, and that would solve both those problems. Even if you're kind of the league is slipping away or you need that extra help for Champions League, bringing in maybe one world class player or somebody that can make an instant impact is okay with me. All right. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SSBluesPod. We're happy to answer any questions that you might have regarding the Blues. Uh, this, Like we said, this weekend we have Bournemouth in the Premier League, and then next Tuesday we have Roma. Uh, we will 
definitely be back on right after that Roma match, and we'll talk uh, those two matches with you guys and look forward to Manchester United next weekend. Um, Like I said, send us your questions, and we'll be back to uh, talk to you guys next week.